Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean One basketball card I still want to get There's one out there that has uh, the Menendez brothers on it We might have talked about this last time Phil was on I don't know, but Is that like a next card? Like, where, were the, where were the Menendez it, brothers? I believe it was a Lakers card. Oh, okay. It might have been Knicks. It was one of the two coasts. I'm, I have to be almost positive. But it was like, it was after that they killed their parents. And like, before the bodies had been found, I think. And they had access to the money. They had like courtside tickets to the Lakers or the Knicks or something. And they're on one guy's card. <laughs> and you can totally see him. I would love to have that one. I'm guessing it's some obscure 10th man on the Knicks roster from that year. It's definitely him, like, dribbling down, and that's why you see them, because it's, like, a long shot of the the side court, too. So he's not, it's not an action shot, he's just in a dribble. I forget <laughs> yeah. who it is, I'll have to look it up. Fact that doesn't have any backup, that was the best kind, right? Oh, yeah. I fully support that. I, I'm known to just say stuff that may or may not be true. Who cares? We live but, in that era now, it doesn't have to be true, nobody cares. I mean, does it really matter if I have a different headcanon about, like, history than other people? No. Mm -mm. Some might say that's being crazy. Some might say just being happier. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of cool. Like, we've gone full circle where in the 90s and earlier, you could just say shit and people <laughs> either had to believe you or they didn't. Then we got the internet and people could be like, well, let me just, I can just see that you're wrong. Like, I can look up mm. the the amount of money that time cop made in 1994 and and um now we're we're back to the beginning where you can just say shit and um i can agree or disagree i don't have to believe you um i can make up my own wor world so i you love can actually, it so much you can use those facts to twist it to your narrative like you could say oh my uncle works at nintendo but now you can use the internet to look up some guy's name that works at nintendo and you memorize that and you're like yeah, yeah, my uncle, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, uh. And then they look it up. And they're like, oh, shit, his uncle does work there. <laughs> That's how you twist narratives. Mm -hmm. That's pretty great. Because everybody knows that one person that you are you can be out and about and somebody just says something. And there's always that one person that, like, within seconds is just pulling out their phone just to, like, look it up. Like, it's like, dude, just <laughs> why you got to look everything up? Knock it off. I'm, just let it go, bro. <laughs> yeah. Just, I, I'm guilty of that sometimes. <laughs> if, <laughs> if it's that guy if it's like trivia related stuff i'm like I'm, I, sure. I can't i can't let this go i need to look this up to see what the actual <laughs> thing is and then even then like who knows if it's true i found uh kickboxer was either made for 1.5 million or 2.7 million depending if you went to imdb or wikipedia so wow make it that's all a up. huge it discrepancy matter. yeah that's like a 100 percent difference it's isn't like... that the whole thing behind wikipedia is that it, People just make shit up and just put it on there. That is true. I think that's I think that's fact. Is it Jean Claude Van Damme going and constantly editing the Wikipedia to say that it was more a higher budget? <laughs> That'd be that's awesome. That's all he does. <laughs> He's the can one have... changing it every time. <laughs> oh man, can you go you see where the edits are from? They're all from the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if, like, some celebrities actually did just, like, do that to troll their own posts? Where they'll, like, put something obscure and it gets removed. And they do it again. And they're like, seriously, contact me. I got proof. And they just <laughs> submit a selfie of themselves with a Wikipedia page. I Wallace, forget. Sean, and I John guys like, okay. just, like, 
Must be true. <laughs> Making edits on their own pages. <laughs> I feel like I was, and I feel like it was Patton Oswald. I saw him do stand up, and he was talking about how he does that. At least at that time, he said he would like edit his own Wikipedia page with like ridiculous stuff and just see how long it would stay on there. That's amazing. It blows my mind how quickly that people are on top of shit like that. Like this is a weird, obscure reference, but on wrestling last week, some dude's mom was on the show. And so on Wikipedia, they added her to a wrestling staple and somebody like 10 minutes later deleted it. It's like, yeah, who was just sitting there watching a Wikipedia page to change something back? Insane. It's insane. Blows my mind. People get lives. Is it the people in their mom's basements, you think? Or is it Me? like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't else, even what know. What is the man. other stereotype of a nerd at this point? Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is anymore. Because honestly, because nerds nowadays are like people like you, like me, like Phil. You're just your average people. Like, is there a stereotype anymore? I feel attacked. No, I, I think everybody has a nerd for something. Yeah, I think yeah. you just need to be obsessed about a particular hobby or topic, be it uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme or a certain wrestler. And you're just sitting yeah. there with your phone waiting for the Wikipedia page to get a ping that somebody changed it so you can get on there and go like... I'm the expert of this particular wrestler. <laughs> I will determine what goes on this page. Thank you very much. Man, if that's actually how easy it is to do that, <laughs> I might go on and just sign up to get pings for something. <laughs> oh, man. Just read random updates. Like, nah, I, can, don't, I don't think so. You can set your phone up to get pings every time you spend money, and then you can just post your credit card number online. <laughs> and see. You'll hear a lot of them then. It'll be great. <laughs> oh. Hey everybody, it's a it's action movie December, you know. We got our uh, our good buddy Phil here. Phil, good to see you, my friend. Good to be back. I was uh I was a bit concerned when uh I didn't get the call for uh Stoner Movie September, despite you guys picking yeah. Las Vegas, um Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But I also figured, you know, it's your first year together. That's something Stoner Movie September, you all need to spend that alone together for the first time <laughs> and then start bringing I, other people into the relationship um yeah i think that's the way we we were kind of fresh on it this year too and that's how we were kind of flowing with it so yeah establish definitely what he's talking about he literally said don't invite phil onto this <laughs> onto this movie this like, motherfucker so gets another <laughs> movie on he bitch. he gets a movie on every single year and he always has his wife vote for him because all it takes is two votes in order to win this thing. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Phil's got yeah. the he's got the algorithm figured out. I'm like, hey, hey, sweetheart, send her a text go, message. I'm like, can that. you can you upvote this this movie that I suggested so I can get on their show, please? That's I fantastic. imagine every time too she has to like she sighs because she has to go re-download <gasps> Facebook on her phone because she only uses it once a year to go vote for your Stoner Movie September submission. She's like, all right, I guess. I so. would give up a hundred Stoner Movie Septembers for one action movie December appearance. Though. Well, yeah, this I is... mean you you That's got fair. Stoner Movie Septembers on, but you are listed as like the Jean Claude Van Damme expert for Experience Grind, like. It's it's a like corner you... that I'm I'm happy to inhabit, and I welcome everybody um, to this corner full of uh, high kicks, splits, and butt cheeks. So <laughs> I'm just I'm much happier it's Jean Claude Van Damme and not Steven Seagal. 
There's a corner for that too. One of my buddies that I, I <laughs> yeah, watched a lot of action movies with, he was a Steven Seagal. Like we all, the the folks I went to college with, and we all watched action movies together. Like everybody had their their corner. There was there was the guy who liked Arnold. There was the guy who liked Seagal. I was the JCVD guy. Like we all had our particular action stars that we like to uh, champion. I am convinced that Steven Seagal movie lovers just love the worst movies of all time. Like, <laughs> we'll just put on something absolute dog shit and find entertainment somehow. And I'm only speaking from experience because my mother is that Steven Seagal fan. <laughs> and dear fucking God, her movie collection was awful. Like, we talked about this maybe on, on Nerdy Thursday bonus uh, about, like, my mom burning movies. And she would go to Blockbuster and just get, like, the most dog shit stuff and burn it all. Yeah, like, I remember you saying that. Fuck, <laughs> just... man. But it was always, like, she had every Steven Seagal movie ever. There, there was, it was, like, I looked at the shelf, I'm like, why? Because she loves it, man. But now I kind of want to watch one. I remember, I like the one with DMX. It's DMX and Jet Li, I believe. Oh, shit. Is there there Ain't No Sunshine? There was that time in, like, the mid to late 90s when the action stars were teaming up with, like, the black hip-hop star. Um, JCVD did it with, uh, I mean, he's not a hip-hop star, but he did the Dennis Rodman team up for uh, Double Team. Oh, that's right. That's um, right, yeah. Seagal did a couple of them. Uh, Man, that was a weird time. He, yeah, he did the one with DMX, and he did another one. Maybe the DMX and the Jet Li are two separate films? They might be. He kind of dabbled between, like, hip-hop culture and Asian culture, and just, like, whatever mood he was in. Um, he also did, like, there was the the Alaskan, like, native Alaskan movie that he did based on, like, I don't know, like, oil barons up in Alaska trying to trying to, you know, assert their will over the land and the native people. Um, his his career him. is absolutely bizarre. He's also, like, good friends with Putin, because of course. Yeah, yeah. That, he's like, he's like the Dennis, let's take it even full, fuller circle. He's like the Dennis Rodman of action <laughs> movies. Seagal is? <laughs> yeah. Seagal's, the, uh, like, big into uh, uh, Buddhism, like the Dalai Lama and I know the the city I used to live in, uh, one of the guys there is related to the Dalai Lama somehow, and he owned a restaurant, and, like, Seagal would go to that restaurant, like, fairly frequently, because he was friends with the dude who knew the Dalai Lama. Oh, man, and with Seagal, that's good business. It was crazy, because you'd see, he had, like, a lot of pictures of, like, him, like, when Seagal was hanging out there, because my buddy worked in the kitchen there for a little bit, so he'd give us free food. It was tight. It was a good time. Yeah. And I'd see that's Seagal pictures. That's pretty sweet. I'm up I'm updating Steven Seagal's Wikipedia right <laughs> now. <laughs> he also apparently shit his pants once. Uh Gene LaBelle, <laughs> a, a judo and jujitsu master, like choked him out to the point that he like passed out and shit his pants. Celebrities, awesome. they're just like us. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, right. No. Speaking of uh, celebrities, so Phil, uh, out of the call. Oh no! <laughs> Did I lose the Sean, what's, uh, what was your action oh, no. he- action movie um, experience growing up? What was your kind of uh, wheelhouse That's for action bad movies? Bad news. Dude, I didn't watch a lot of them. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I saw any 
Okay, so I saw a lot of Jackie Chan stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when I was younger, like that was the one. Besides, like the the dog shit stuff my mom watched in the background by herself. Uh, the stuff we rented was would be like Chuck Norris or Jackie Chan, but mainly Jackie Chan. I yeah. think I saw most of that stuff. So like this was a real treat to be able to there sit back and like. I went into it not having very high hopes. Mm-hmm. And so about by the end of it, I'm like, this is a perfect like Saturday afternoon movie to just lounge around and just if I had popcorn, eat that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, so you you had not seen Kickboxer coming in to no. today's recording. You are maybe six hours removed from having seen it. Yeah, I I watched it this yeah literally it finished like five hours ago. Wow! Yeah, right on right on the nose. Um, and honestly, I like to watch movies really really close to when we record just so I can come off of it like just still pumped and full of energy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I I I haven't really seen any of Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Okay. Like, ever. I dig it. I dig it. No, it's um. He's got an interesting filmography. This was, um, he had done like a three picture deal with Canon Films that started with Bloodsport, did this, and then he went to uh, another kind of action um, martial arts tournament movie called Lionheart. And um, those three kind of kickstarted his career into into kind of his early 90s um, to mid 90s heyday when he really, really started kind of getting some mainstream appeal. But this was. I remember watching this movie first and foremost on like network television, recording this movie off of like Saturday afternoon matinee movies. And um, I don't think I saw the actual R rated movie version of this until probably into my, into my late teens or early adulthood years. Was it much different other than the swearing? Cause this is a relatively tame movie. I will terms of the, watching the strip club scene. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, yeah. There's the like, pasties. there's the nudity, um, and before the strip club scene, there are naked children jumping into a river that yeah, Van, they're Van, totally Van Damme takes a penises. picture of. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, they were I submerged when he took the picture, but that's that like three minutes into the movie. They're like, we're gonna do a <laughs> montage of traveling up the river in Bangkok, and there's some naked <laughs> children jumping into the river, and there's some prostitutes. If they didn't and, put it in. How would you have known that it was going to be, you know, where you were? It, it was stage setting. I bought I was, this movie, and as, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, did I just purchase child <laughs> You're now on a list. <laughs> it's right? all it on list. <laughs> Shit. The government keeps a list of people who have purchased and watched Kickboxer. <laughs> <laughs> Completely separate from other lists. It's like its own echelon of... Uh, Never mind. I will. <laughs> I will say that probably the biggest difference from the TV version versus the R-rated version is I didn't know growing up that uh, the love interest Mai Lee was raped by the villain. Because um, they yeah, kind they of, cut that out, huh? They cut part of that out. He like I remember in the version that I grew up watching, um, after he hits her, it. it ends the scene it doesn't have her him ripping the shirt off and then in the fight when he says one of his two lines he just says you bleed like my lee and then it cuts to van damme going no really loud (laughs) and like it's such a weird weird cut and if you have no context for it you're like that doesn't make sense why is he so angry about that um but then he has a second line 
Miley, good fuck. He says two lines in the whole movie that aren't screaming, and it's about raping a girl. So um, that's the that's the <laughs> level of writing that we get in this movie. It's it's not a great movie in terms of um, kind of all the structural fundamental pieces of movie making, but. Yeah, it somehow rises above that. I feel and makes a very watchable, enjoyable flick. While like watching I said, it the entire time, I, f- I was like, "Dude, I feel like Jean Claude Van Damme wrote every line of this dialogue." <laughs> <laughs> Just the way like that I... it's delivered and paced and everything. Like, mm. most of like this I movie said, was great dubbed. afternoon movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was dubbed. It's weird. I I wonder if it was dubbed by the actors themselves because if so, all of the Thai people speak with better English than Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There Fair. are. He's the American. Well, that's what's weird. Is like everybody calls him American, despite the fact that he does not have an American accent at all. He explains he was raised Mexican. in Belgium, yeah. he, born he, in Belgium, raised in Europe. He explains that, you know, for us, the audience, in like the most, um, but like how would they unnatural <laughs> yeah. conversation between brothers, where they're just like brother. <laughs> You grew up in Belgium with mom practicing ballet, whereas I grew up in Los Angeles with my father, and he was hard on me. It's just like, people don't talk like this, man. This is just (laughs) expositional dialogue. Um, (laughs) But the people that call him American in the movie, they didn't hear that, so they don't know that he was raised in Belgium. They're just like, oh, this dude with the funny accent, he's clearly American. Clearly American. He dances like an American. Oh, God. Oh. Man, I love that scene. <laughs> that That is the the gem of this movie. Yeah. Like, if I type oh, Van Damme... Sure. If I type Van Damme into um, any sort of GIF program on a chat, it's going to have, like, chock full of dance moves from that scene. Uh, As it should. That is super iconic for a reason. Like... What I love about that scene is you can take that entire scene and just replace whatever played on the jukebox with any 80s song. Yeah. it Like, God. the moves that were going on would have went on with everything, and it was like, oh. I don't know why you so would want good. to, though, because, man, this soundtrack is f- fucking banging. <laughs> it is so generic action. <laughs> I wonder, like, like, surely those aren't actual songs. Action. They had to be written for this movie, and I hope they were, because they were awesome. <laughs> Paul Herzog is um, is the guy who did the music. It's the same guy who did Bloodsport. He wrote a lot of this stuff. It um, sounded similar. I didn't catch the person who sung it, but like his name was on just about all of the uh, all of like the generic '80s pop montage songs. Because there's a couple of montages of him just like <laughs> cruising down a river or like walking through the street or the the temples of Bangkok, and it's just like let's we need like some really cheesy schmaltzy male 80s music gotta fight for love (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's my favorite is that it's just clearly singing what has been happening in the movie so far (laughs) my brother got his back paralyzed now he's in a wheelchair (laughs) gonna find this guy to teach me muay thai Gonna kick a palm tree. Kick a palm tree. <laughs> he does kick the shit out of that palm tree too, man. And then like, how long is he training? He does one fight and then it's gets like, tongue pow. 
it's like only three months. They're talking about like his oh, that's brother. True. Okay. His brother needs well, it, it, his brother needs three months from when he gets his back broken and when he gets out of the hospital. Um, and there is some time after he's out of the hospital where he's still chilling at the uh, at the um, at his sensei's his master's house. So I'm guessing it's between three and six months. But you're talking about it takes like how good was Van Dam? How good was Eric Sloan? as a fighter when he started this to get like, to, and how good of a, of a learner of an absorber of martial arts is, is he? Cause it takes three to six months for him to become demonstrably better than the world's greatest kickboxer. That's from Thailand. You know, they invented yeah. it over there. <laughs> <laughs> they get a different style, man. Director, director cameo. That was uh Mark DeSalle who I believe was, that was him. Yeah, um, you can see his acting chops in that in that scene. He's just like, you know, Ty is like they created the sport. They're pretty good over it. Like it's it's such wooden delivery. And yeah, it's great. It's such a blatant like we. I'm I'm the director. I'm going to give myself a little role in this, and you know, give me like five seconds where the camera is on my face and I'm talking to Van Dam. So you mentioned actually you mentioned earlier that you looked into a couple of different things IMDb and Wikipedia uh, in terms of like how much it cost. Did you see how long it uh, it took to shoot this movie? Because I don't know if my mind was playing tricks on me, but Jean Claude Van Damme looked prog- progressively more and more ripped <laughs> as this movie went on, <laughs> and if if he literally just like worked out through the process of it and got more shredded as the movie went on. That would be fucking awesome. I, I and dedication. Don't, I don't know how long the shoot was, but you're not wrong. Like he he gets they they do a good job, um, rather whether on purpose or accidentally, of um, making his training seem like it's actually happening because he is like yeah um, a very intimidating physical specimen uh, at the end of this movie, um, and he bears it all. Um, that that final fight scene <laughs> where they're they're essentially in thongs. Man, for... he's terrifying, and that that uh, that loincloth there. That's what, did we just lose Phil? <laughs> we might have. I, it lost me okay. earlier, but it's okay. Yeah, I can, I can that, hear you that guys. Loincloth, so. you know, shows a lot. There we go. It, we we lost you for a minute. Okay, <laughs> I, I can hear you guys. So you know, on the podcast, it's going to come across just fine. All right, good. Yeah, no. Um, that final fight, I think it's it's part of my theory that Van Dam contractually puts um he needs at least three quarters of his ass if not the whole ass shown in every single movie of his he either has it contractually in there or he is he is lobbying to the director hard is like but i i work out the, the ladies want to see my backside so you know we put the thong we get a nice little shot of me rolling over in the thong and maybe maybe we do that a couple of times in the end you know we gotta th- we gotta think about both sides of the audience yeah I'm pretty sure at one point you almost see his butthole when he does a kick. Oh, yeah. You get you get full, like, barely like covered gooch-age. taint. Yeah, yeah. You get some goochage for sure. Yeah. But the man but looks could... good. It's a good-looking gooch. We'll say that. As a, like, slouchy, disgusting, like, blob of a man. Like, yeah. Like, this is this is all coming from, like, a place of jealousy and reverence for, for sure. an actual For sure. I 100% agree. Man. At one point, I was, like... <laughs> admiring this physique laying in bed under a heated blanket at 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> thinking wow i'm fucking lazy 
<laughs> you could be kicking trees down, man. Why are fighting where uh, Thai ghosts also fight? Yeah, why isn't Mitch over at your house tying you up to an elaborate splits machine and pulling your legs <laughs> apart? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. While watching that scene, I was like, fuck, that looks awful, but I really want to be able to do the splits. <laughs> was that the most unintentional homoerotic scene in this movie? Or was it when he puts his arm around his brother in the boat at the beginning after they see the naked boys? Yeah, and then he picks up roses and he, or flowers, and he holds the flowers like it's a baby. And I'm like, that was on purpose, and it is hiding, if they weren't brothers, it is hiding a secret. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought that too. I was like, He's got to keep those you flowers. Sure you guys, brothers. You got to keep those flowers very nice for his uh, brother to give it to the prostitute at the end of the montage. Yeah, man. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your wallet, brother? I love that. Uh, and the greatest like heavyweight sports champion goes to Thailand to challenge theirs, and there's no paparazzi following him as he just like no. grabs prostitutes. And <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah. and this, this was 1989. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Just, uh, that wasn't a uh, problem. Uh, problematic. <laughs> <laughs> totally goosed that nurse. And she <laughs> ran out of the room. She was uncomfortable enough. He did. I thought he did such a good job of playing just like a douchey American, like arrogant American foreigner going over to another country and just like, I don't need to learn the rules about kickboxing. I'm American. I don't need to respect uh, women. I'm American. And just like, it's to, oh, be, to be honest for... A guy who is, you know, not an actor. This is a an actual kickboxer doing, you know, an acting side gig. I don't know if he was trying to get into the industry or what. But, like, to take a role where you're kind of playing yourself, but you're playing an asshole and you're playing, like, an ignorant douchebag, props to him. That's a... that's a, <laughs> He was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Whether that's his I real like... voice, I don't know. I mean, that may have been someone else's dubbed voice, but I thought he did, did a pretty decent job despite not having really any acting experience i like yeah that i thought he was that awesome about that guy but at least he got the decency to like get credited as somebody else i don't know if you noticed but like tongue pow whose two things are about the girl who bleeds and that she was a good fuck after he raped her is played by himself so <laughs> <laughs> and what are they trying to say there about tongue pow so mm. that guy his name's michael kesey and he okay. was born okay. he was born in morocco and moved to Belgium when he was two, and he grew up with Van Damme, and they were like childhood buddies. Really? Who, who what? went to America to make it in the movies. Um, That's awesome. They grew up with like a fondness for martial arts films, so they're like, they're a couple of like, you know, athletes, martial artists, we're gonna go make it in America for and, and be action movie stars, and they end up getting this three-picture deal with Canon together, so... Um, nice. Casey is... He plays one of the fighters in Bloodsport. The guy That's that kisses. Tung po? Yeah, I remember that. He's somewhat unrecognizable, unrecognizable because they put him in a lot of face makeup to make him look Asian for Tong Po, because uh, they Good. didn't have someone to play the villain, but they had you know this guy who's you know got some fighting experience and has some acting experience and can be a intimidating guy. And the only problem is he looks. West African, if you don't have five pounds of makeup around his eyes, so a little bit of yellow facing, but what's you know, we can look over that in an it's also 1989 <laughs> 1980s American yeah. action movie. I think that's unfortunately pretty par for the course in that era. Here, watching it this time, I was really struck by the fact that I feel I have no evidence to back this up, 
but I feel pretty confident that this guy inspired the design of Goro in Mortal Kombat. It's Dude, uncanny. I was thinking the same exact thing. He Dude. had to have. Oh my god, yeah. He, they slammed uh, two more arms on him? That's fucking Goro. I, I was thinking the exact same thing during that final fight. When you're just sitting there watching, you're watching, what's his name, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's character, like... All I was seeing was Johnny Cage. Well, like with yeah, all the Johnny Cage is inspired by Jean Claude Van Damme. Anyways, that's who that's supposed right. to be. So yeah, they and wanted to get him for the Mortal Kombat hit. movie, but he was he uh-huh. was doing Street Fighter. So I mean, that might check out in terms of them basing Goro on on Tong Po. And I just it's, looked this guy up while you guys were talking. Uh, that played Tong Po. His name's Michelle Kesey. Yeah, like that's his actual name. Like he looks nothing like in this movie. This is blowing my freaking mind. <laughs> no, my wife and I were talking about this earlier today of just, you know, the American film industry of just taking a foreign person and being like, um, you can play one of 50 different nationalities. I think in Bloodsport, he was Brazilian. And in this movie, yeah. he's Thai. Um, so it's we've got a long history of that. And from, you know, Lou Diamond Phillips to um, I mean, I, I can say that they did a really good job because I never would have imagined that this dude wasn't the uh, Taiwanese. Well, I mean, this was Taiwan, right? So yeah. like, I was like, Thailand. Oh, my mind is blown right now. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah, no, it, it's it's pretty interesting. Just their their background together, and they did they did one more movie in Lionheart. And then I was gonna his, say, was he in the third one too? And then his brother, um, I forget his name, also last name Kesey, but his brother was the villain in the Quest, which was essentially kind of a remake of Bloodsport that Van Damme did in the mid '90s. Um, so the I've never seen that one. It's it's pretty much the exact same plot as Bloodsport, um, just a slightly different character that Van Damme plays. He's like a street urchin who gets um, kind of conscripted to go fight in the secret tournament. Um, Roger Moore is in there as well as like kind of a rich comedic um, side character who's um, also a part of this. But no, it's it's not a great movie, but it made some money. Like that was kind of on the downside of Van Damme's mid-90s run when he was doing like, I don't know if you guys remember... um, it was Universal Soldier. It was Time Cop. It was Sudden Sudden <clears throat> Death. The Sudden Sudden Death counts as a hockey movie. If we're talking like sports movies, getting back to that topic, um, he did a um, Van Dam did a hockey movie where he is a fireman who was a former hockey player, and he has to like <laughs> stop a terrorist attack during a Pittsburgh oh, Penguins it. game, and he <laughs> ends up like being the goalie in overtime and no one can tell because he's in the goalie <laughs> gear, but like he has to get in there and be the goalie and like save the game while also fighting terrorists. It's a, it's a pretty amazing shitty nineties action movie. That is the I'm exact fucking sold. plot. Yeah. I was going to say that is the exact plot of threat level midnight from the office. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one, but Michael makes his own movie like this secret agent called Michael Scarn. And like, there's this whole one where he has to like, the terrorist is going to blow up the puck at this big charity hockey event, and he has to get on the hockey team so he can play, so he can save everybody. It's great. It's, I huh. did not know it was based on a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, though. 
That makes it even better now. That's hilarious. Sudden death. I'm jotting that down because I am literally watching that tonight. Yeah. Powers Booth is the villain. I don't know who else is in that movie. Just those two is really all that matters, though. I can't wait till we do get to Time Cop. That's one of my all-time faves. I remember really liking it as a kid. That... He's got the mullet in that one, right? Yeah. That's good. That was his most successful one by far. I was kind of going through his filmography. Hard Target is another one that I really, really like. That's the Dennis Rodman one? That's Double Team, not to be confused with Double Impact, where he plays twins, identical twins of himself. I like that one, too. That one's also oh. really good. That's What's better sh- than one Jean-Claude Van Damme? Two of them. Yeah. <laughs> that was a movie where he really wanted to, like, he was making an effort to stretch himself as an actor. So he's like, I'm going to play, like, a slick back, like, leather jacket, greased hair looking badass. And then I'm going to play a, like, naive, um, like... I don't know, Babe in the Woods style um, character and they're twins and they meet each other after being separated for 20 years or something. It's a, um, I remember that being, I remember that being a really, really fun action movie that I want to revisit sometime. I love it too. That they're twins have been separated for so long yet have the exact same accent. Yep. (laughs) It's the damnedest thing. (laughs) I was raised in Hong Kong and my brother was raised in Belgium. We have the same accent. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Uh, <laughs> wait, I was going to... I had a thing. No, come back to me, thought. You were there, and it was funny. Or observational. Yep. It'll be back. And I'll just jump Got in it. with it when it comes back. <laughs> be talking about something completely different. <laughs> You're like, guys, remember 20 minutes ago? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> oh, I do I do remember it. Uh nah, we got that. one thing I really fucking liked about especially the opening of this movie is once they get to uh Bangkok proper, is just the fact that nobody there has ever seen a movie being filmed, so they all are just watching a movie being filmed. Yeah. They're <laughs> literally just shooting this montage with actual people in the background, just watching the movie and like waving at the camera. Yeah, there's like the park, there's like 200 people just standing there watching supposedly these two guys train but and then the same thing at the market when they do like this crane pull away shot and then there's like 50 people just standing there staring straight up <laughs> oh man nothing tops the the guy just smoking the pipe in that scene that they keep cutting back to for no reason at all when he's other than to the, just make the, me chuckle He's credited. I forget what what he's credited as in there, but he gets a uh, film credit despite not speaking any lines. He's got this like, and when they fade out in that scene, he they like linger on him for just a second and a half too when long he's just as he's grinning, smiling and nodding very slowly and awkwardly. It had no purpose, and it made my fucking morning. I was like, what is up with this guy that they keep cutting back to? He was uh, he was super stoked that Jean-Claude Van Damme tore up that lady's store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I love that oh. he did it, and then I was like, man, is this going to be like a Hollywood thing where they just barrel through it? And then, no, she's like, you fucked up my store. How dare yeah. you? Jean-Claude Van Damme is such a toxic asshole this entire movie. Like, as a person... It's like, man, you're pretty fucking toxic. <laughs> he's like, for the supposed good guy, he's very, very prone to fighting. I, I, I feel like, yeah, 
imagine a friend of yours who is just like at the drop of a hat, like, oh, I need a like solution number one to this problem is to kick it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's like he's always in that aggressive mentality, and so several times in this movie, I'm just like, this is just how you are, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> the, the drunken bar dancing fighting scene. There's. You know, so 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 for those who um, are unfamiliar, he's at a bar. He's getting drunk with his mentor, um, and the mentor then is like, "I want to see you dance. Come on, get up and dance." And he puts a quarter <laughs> in the jukebox, and he makes him. That's you know, of course. He gets up and yeah. dance. And you get this like ridiculous Van Dam dance montage where he's doing multiple splits, and he's got two women, one on either side of him. Meanwhile, his his sensei um, is going around whispering in all these other people's ears, and he's. You know, you learn after the fact that he's he's telling them that um, Van Damme thinks they're shitties fighters and that um, their mom sleeps with mules. Um, so they all end up, like, individually attacking Van Damme while he's drunk and dancing. The first guy that confronts him is very clearly, like, in a threatening posture, and Van Damme just kicks him. Knocks him out of the scene. <laughs> then, like, two, two other guys walk up, and I felt that they did not have any sort of, um, like, aggressive posture at all. And, like, Van Damme doesn't give a shit. And he just boots <laughs> one of them across the bar. And so the other guy then, like, sees that and, like, picks up a glass bottle and smashes it to cut him. And I feel like, I feel like he is very justified in this because they could have been coming up to, like, calm down the situation. And Van Damme, you know, gives him a cross, you know, right in the, right in the chops, um... But it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know, the, the fight scenes in this, the fight scenes are all choreographed by, by Van Damme. Um, he's, he's. Hit or I, miss. It's hit or miss. There's, I think there's some really fun things that he does, but there are some things where it's just like, I have a scene in my mind that I think is going to look cool and I don't care how we get there. So I want, I want a scene where. A guy is holding a table, and I kick the table, and the force of it pushes him into the water behind him. So, like, can we do that? And like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would he just hold a table for you to kick? Like, I, I, I do not care. He's we're going to kick the table. It's going to look fucking awesome. I also um, have to imagine in 1989 in Bangkok, Thailand, cocaine was probably pretty available to get. Oh yes. So, and Jean-Claude Van Damme has talked about he had a massive cocaine problem, especially through, like, I think it was the worst during Street Fighter, he Street says. Fighter. It's yeah. notorious for Street Fighter. He did so much cocaine during Street <laughs> Fighter, it's absurd. I bet he, like, he must have, like, scouted out during the initial filming, even though most of this movie was actually filmed in, in Hong Kong, but they did, you know, travel to Thailand for a couple of scenes there. But he's like, you know what, I'm going to... Scout out the good, uh, the good coke dens here, and you know when I come back in six years, I'm gonna be ready. <laughs> mm. I really, uh, I love the uh, the American Special Forces guy that, of course, never wants to help him, but just can't Taylor. help but get mixed up. Winston's so useless. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man, he blasts the shit out of all those Thai guys. <laughs> in the most. Like the most stereotypical rescue scene in the That's history. Awesome. It was so great. I loved every <laughs> second of that dude. He just is unloading with an M16 and a grenade launcher when his friends are in there that he's rescuing, one of which happens to be paralyzed and can't move very well. 
the most and the most anticlimactic reveal that it's him in the history of time like obviously we all know it's winston and it was just like the lamest thing but yeah he's just shooting like grenades into a room with a guy in a wheelchair that can't go anywhere very fast <laughs> grenades they, grenades have a 10 foot radius though right like that's how grenades yeah, that's, work that's... they if video games yeah. taught me anything, yes. The shrapnel <laughs> no stops shrapnel. inside the room. It doesn't travel outside the room. Yeah. So. That's, yeah. It's yeah, very limited it, hitbox on grenades. You fire it into the office. It blows up to the office. And anyone who has, who's outside the office is safe. So, you know hmm. what? That's smart tactical uh, <laughs> warfare by Winston. That's Checks fair. out, man. Okay. He, uh, <laughs> I, I love that the, the sensei shows up and he's like, I was waiting for you, Winston. Like... What if he hadn't showed up, dude? He told you he wasn't coming. Yeah. Yeah. No. And put a lot of faith in Winston, even though Winston's just like, fuck you guys. Even Miley's like, yeah, dude raped me. And he's just like, oh, that sucks. Holy shit. When his fucking brother gets his back broken and they just take him on the stretcher and set him on the street <laughs> and lock him out of the fucking building. Yeah. <laughs> like good luck fuck you yeah that, that was, was uh yeah when people say worst. americans have bad health care come on <laughs> did you see what happened to those guys wow. jesus christ yeah this was i loved okay you mentioned it earlier like that stereotypical american i'm better than everybody behavior but like literally both of the brothers literally have the exact same attitude yeah. It is crazy. Like he was Jean Claude's character was just like expecting help from literally everybody and offended when people didn't help him. It's very big on the Man. the white savior complex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, what what's his nickname in the movie? The White Warrior. Nuksukau. Warrior, yeah. Yeah, Nuksukau. Nuksukau. The White Warrior. Nuksukau <laughs> doesn't roll off as good as Kumate. 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 When you have the, the song that also backs you up. Although I still love that, that electronic marimba that this and Bloodsport have. That mm-hmm. I love that soundtrack <laughs> stuff, man. It gets my blood pumping. Mm-hmm. Ah, this, Everything about this movie is great. It's hard. We're going to get there, I'm sure, in uh, just a little bit. Uh, but surprisingly, this movie has a very low body count. Does anybody die in this? Not that I know of. I mean, I imagine some of the people that Winston oh, shot true. and does blew up at the, the end. Out of all those people, yeah. Okay. But it doesn't like linger on on anything. Pretty much all of the attacks you see in this movie are non-lethal. Hmm. Outside of he gets paralyzed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, you know, there's there's definitely um, people that are going to be, you know, the whole whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, no, no, whatever doesn't kill you could paralyze you for life. And, you know, maybe make you mentally stronger, but that's still not going to let you walk again. Um, but Man, there was this part. Sorry, this just dawned on me, and I really don't want to forget it. There was this part where, uh, what was Jean-Claude's name in this movie? So I stopped calling him Jean-Claude. It's got to be easier. Kurt. Eric Sloan. Eric is the Kurt, brother. Yeah. Kurt. So this is Chris? Kurt. Oh, Kurt. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. So Kurt and Miley are talking, and he's explaining what happened and his brother, and that's how we find out, you know... Belgium and LA and blah 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 and he tries giving like this sob story and she's just like hmm that sounds nice it must have been nice to have a family <laughs> blah 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 
My parents were taken. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're doing this because your brother got his back broke? Mm, wah. Like, that whole scene, I was just like, oh, oh, I guess he doesn't have it that bad. I mean, he could fly you're to Thailand at- with his world championship kickboxer brother. Yeah. Who, by He's the way, like, I love- wow, this is I love- a vengeance- his brother is the world heavyweight kickboxing champion, but doesn't know that kickboxing came from Thailand. And doesn't know the rules. Like, he's, no. you know, when he gets his ass kicked, it's like they're using knees and elbow. And even when they come into the arena while they're getting ready, Van Dam just, like, goes and watches the undercard fight happening. And they're using knees and elbows. And Van Dam's like, the, the brother, Eric, is, like, criminally negligent uh, in in as a fighter he's never watched any footage of his competition competition whatever so the guy was an actual the the guy's name is um dennis alexio he's an actual kickboxing champion he was 68 one and one in his career just like an an absolute badass um and I, i watched some of his fights on youtube and like some of the first things that they mention is like all right and the two fighters have agreed to the rules there are no uh knees to the head and below the waist knees are accepted mm. during the in the midsection no elbows um you know full leg contact so you know an actual fighter goes into these matches especially an actual world champion goes into these matches knowing what the rules are and what is allowed and what is not allowed so again like True. kudos to Dennis Alexio for being like, no, I want to play an ignorant dumbass who is overly <laughs> with an overly inflated ego and just go get my ass kicked and get my back broken. So, well, and now you bring up an actual a point that I hadn't thought about until now. But so I do remember a time in the 80s and the 90s when like there was this pushback against violence because you saw it with like Mortal Kombat. But like. I remember when, like, the first UFC things were sold because there were no rules. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, that had to be a thing because I think there was a thing with, like, kickboxing and such that you couldn't do elbows in American kickboxing. And I kind of vaguely remember that being sort of mystified about actual kickboxing is that they... It was a lot more brutal over there because they didn't have the rules that we had here. That's... I feel like I remember that. You gotta have some rules, or if it's just no hold bars fight, eventually it's just gonna descend into like chimps, chimpanzees targeting each other's testicles. Like, if you need yeah. to, if you need to incapacitate someone fast and for a lot of money, hit him in the groin and end the fight. So, um, unless you want you, yeah. a sport dedicated to groin shots, we gotta have at least one rule, if not several. I think when you get to the point of no rules fighting, you eventually get to wrapping your hands in rope and dipping them in wax <laughs> and then glass. Yes. And that's where yeah. we end up. And then you you make your fighters fight in thongs. Mm-hmm. Ceremonial thongs. Uh-huh. Let's see that butthole, I mean, boys. <laughs> I mean, with a body like that, wouldn't you not? Like, I would just always be in a thong, just walking around. I also like... Body like that? Hmm. The dude is also very uh, Sagat style from Street Fighter. The way he like, because he, he walks with the hands yep. up, he's got that style. I also wondered, ah, did they get that from that too? Dude, I thought the same exact thing, especially with the moves and stuff, because he's very, very knee strike heavy and very fast and intense. Yeah. Um. So I was I was thinking Sagat 
hardcore watching him. And some of the montage scenes where Van Damme is at the as at the Thai temples, it's it's straight out of Sagat's level. Like you see these big yeah. long golden statues that are, you know, yeah. half a house long and laying down on their side. Like, oh yeah, I've seen this before in, in the second to last stage of Street Fighter Two. It's so wild how much influence movies like this had on the games that I played growing up. And I had no idea that these were such an influence because I've never seen them. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird, man. Have you ever seen Kindergarten what? Cop? So many times. N- yeah. You Filmed know in Oregon. Game that influenced it? Surprisingly. Uh, Silent Hill. Explain. Wait, really? Explain. The- the the school in Silent Hill is the school from Kindergarten Cop, and even to the point that like the there's like pinup boards inside the school that are like the exact copies of ones that they have in Kindergarten Cop. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. They use that huge for influence for that. It's crazy. Probably, that's not even that's not even influence. That's a fucking medium crossover, man. Okay, I'm gonna look this in up canon. And that is the same school. Yeah, look it up, man. <laughs> pull, pull up. <laughs> I want you to. It's great. You'll be like, oh, oh, what a call back. Time. No, no, that's um, that's hilarious. That's awesome. I never played any of the uh, the Silent Hill games. Um, I was gonna. I felt at one point I was gonna have to for sure dock a point from this movie. Like I almost did for John Wick, but I didn't. But this movie didn't kill the dog. They didn't kill a dog. Kiki. Even though um, it gets a knife thrown into it from that asshole guy. Literally an hour later, it just has a bandage and it's just standing there <laughs> panting. <laughs> I love the cheap quick oh. cut to like making it lay down and they just sped the footage up so it looked like it fell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. for, for the budget they had, like you think they got a dog trainer? Like they're, you know, we need a, a dog on set. Um, this one will do. I also think that they had to have changed their minds about killing the dog from when he got stabbed to when it was alive because they went out of their way to in that close up. It was like, <sighs> stop. Breathing. And then, yeah, freeze and it. then stop breathing, stop moving. And then the next scene, it's not moving or breathing at all to a point where I'm like, did they just freeze that scene and like put it over? Like, that's pretty good. The next thing you know, the dog's alive with a little boo boo. Yeah. I wonder if they did separate separate versions because they do have the scene where where zeon is like you know kiki's still breathing winston let's get her to a hospital um yeah. so they you know they obviously had in the in the final version um you know the dog being being well but it very clearly could have been you know they were trying very hard to make the villains be very villainous from kidnapping um the brother to raping the love interest to, to throwing a knife at the dog like they're they're checking all the boxes for Standard movie villainy. I don't know. I will be right back. I am on IMDb submitting trivia. <laughs> In the movie, the dog was originally supposed to die. I don't know why the why they kidnap the brother. They also kidnap the love interest, but then they just rape her and set her free. But they why don't they keep both of them? I don't. Let me. I don't know. Let me ask you this. <laughs> why? So when Miley reveals that she was raped, um, when he when she tells Van Dam during the fa- during the fight, Van Dam was like visibly upset, and I I, I could not get that scene. Like he's like, tell me, like, yeah, he's okay, pissed so off. I so I 
in my head while watching this, I'm like, oh no, he's gonna play that guy that's jealous that she banged oh, the other dude. That's and, what I was afraid of when I saw this. Is yeah. that was the the interpretation they were going for? That's one thousand percent out of all. Like I said, he is a toxic character. He <laughs> really does seem like that dude that would get all bent out of shape because he thinks that he she slept with somebody else especially the enemy. And it doesn't and help her like, case when she's like, he asks more for her and she's just like, I love you. I love you. Like, yeah, I honestly, I picked up on it too, but I was like, surely that's not the way they're going with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, surprise. <laughs> I guess they were. We all picked up on it. Damn so you. how do you guys feel about the fact that um, we watched the movie Mm-hmm. That 1,000% preceded all of them dying. Like, that should have been post credit scene of them all dying. Because I guarantee, after everything that happened at the oh. end of this movie, they killed them. Oh, yeah. yeah why would the oh, mafia just people just it. let them walk away? Oh, man. Yeah, these guys fair die. Is fair, you know. <laughs> we'll kidnap your brother. We'll rape your love interest. We'll stab your dog. But you beat us in a fair fight, so we'll let you walk. <laughs> you beat oh, us in a right? fair, illegal, unsanctioned fight that we just let continue <laughs> on. But now, you taught us a lesson by beating this guy. <laughs> now, yeah. I've never seen any of the sequels, of which there are many, but... I saw that. <laughs> Van Damme's character is killed off in the second movie, by I think by Tong Po. Um, is it in, like, the very beginning two minutes of the movie? I've never seen it, but ki- but Kickboxer <laughs> 2 and 3 and maybe even 4, um, <laughs> so there's nice. there's a third brother introduced played by um, Sasha, Sasha Mitchell from Step by Step. You remember Cody from Step by Step? Oh, shit. He's a real piece of shit. He beat his wife. Uh-huh. He took up the mantle as the third... Sloan brother for the kickboxer sequel. Good, good. Um, Where was he raised? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one of the you... kickboxer sequels. It's like kickboxer American Warrior or something, and he's got like a fucking gun on the cover. Like just, <laughs> they move away from kickboxing altogether and just become <laughs> war movies. I think there's something like seven sequels to this, and they rebooted the series in like the mid two thousands. I think Dave Batista is in one of the kickboxer reboots. There's kickboxer Oof. retaliation. And I think kickboxer annihilation are the, are the and that's, two. that's gotta be relatively recent because Batista's yeah. only been acting for like 10 years. It's like 2016 or something like it's, and it got better reviews than kickboxer did. Um, Whoa, kick, kickboxer was fuck? like a, 36% on on Rotten Tomatoes and, and Metacritic. Like, it's not a well-received movie at all. I'm not going to lie. Out of movies that I like, they're like, I would say they fall between like 30 and like 70%, you know? Like the average movies that you watch. Yeah. 36% seems pretty high for this movie. <laughs> I, pulled some, uh, I pulled some reviews from the time, and uh, there's some good ones on here. Uh, Chris Willman yeah. of the Los Angeles Times writes... This may not be the dumbest action picture of the year, but it's not for lack of trying. (laughs) Insurmountable plot implausibilities, rampant racial stereotyping, Uh superfluous uh nudity, and inhuman amounts of comically exaggerated violence. Kickboxer has it all. Hmm. I think that checks all of it. Like, yeah, Yeah. 
I appreciate that in 1989, mm-hmm. somebody saw this for what it was. <laughs> the other side of that coin, so Jeff Andrew of Time Out, I think it's a website, uh, writes, don't see it for the psychological complexity, social comment, acting, plot, or humor. Go, if you must, just for the kicks. <laughs> Goddamn That's right. Fair. It was, uh... Jean-Claude Van Damme, like... <sighs> the fight scenes were good. There was just... There could have been, like, a little editing help. I feel like so many times, like... The shot was like them ready to throw the punch, and they like started it uh, the scene just a second before right? where everybody's frozen, and then they're like action, and they throw it. That final mm. fight scene, especially after yeah, after Eric Eric one. Sloan is saved, and so Van Dam knows that like oh I don't have to te- keep taking a beating, I can actually fight Tong Po for real. And Tong after he's been Pong- punched twenty times in the face with glass. And Tong Po is apparently like, okay, I guess I stopped defending now. I've been blocking all of his kicks for the whole time, but I'm just not going to put my hands up anymore. So Van Damme beats the shit out of him. But all of these scenes of Van Damme punching him, you're right. It like starts a quarter second before they actually throw the punch. So they like move into action and it's at such an awkward position. Like the, you know, there's one scene... There's one clip of Van Damme with his back to Tong Po, and Tong Po attacks him from behind, and like Dam- Van Damme puts his fists up, and it's like that's how did they get into that pe- position where <laughs> Tong, like where Van Damme has his back to him, and is just like flaunting that he doesn't care, and then blacks, yeah. There were a lot of reviews that um, spoke negatively about the fight choreography at the end, and I think it's 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 pretty warranted. Hmm. The editing needed a lot of work with this with this movie. Not even like not even necessarily even just like the fight fight scenes, but like literally everything. <laughs> like we got our prerequisite amount of montages. Now uh, that's where all our editing budget went. Son of a bitch! It could have been Did an entire notice? montage movie. Did you guys? So, um, Kyle, you actually you obviously saw Bloodsport last year. Sean, have you seen Bloodsport before? I have not, but after this, I'm definitely going back to watch it sometime soon after Sudden Death. So, Bloodsport also has a scene where Van Damme Wait, is, I've seen that. is put in a splits machine and <laughs> has to train how to do splits. And then the same fight, so in the semifinals of Bloodsport, there Van Damme fights a Muay Thai kickboxer, and they take turns kicking each other in the side of the ribs back and forth. <laughs> Oh yeah, and they just reuse okay. that choreography for Van Damme's like undercard, like the fight that they do to set him up against Tong Po. It's the same thing where they just kick each other back and forth in the ribs until Van Damme kicks harder and longer and faster, <laughs> I guess, and wins the match. It's literally the equivalent of Disney reusing scenes from like <laughs> <laughs> for sure. from, like all of uh, their movies. Jungle it's Rob- and Robin, it's Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. That, that was the big crossover. He totally does that, too. Goddamn. The, uh... I don't know. I don't know what else I got to say about I had one other thing I wanted to talk about with this movie. One of the people that was in this movie is now in jail. Can you guess? Oh. Is now in federal hmm. prison. In federal prison? Shit. So I'm going to guess the... Freddie Lee. Is it Freddie Lee? <laughs> He should be. The character of Freddie Lee should be in, in prison. <laughs> I'm going to guess the dog. The dog. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? 
So I, I don't know. He's, except he's now works as a as a guard dog for <laughs> for the no, prison um, system. Okay. Yeah, no. It, Did, is is it the main boss that Freddie Lee goes to see to ask for a million bucks? I thought that was Freddie Lee. I thought the main boss was Freddie Lee, and like the primary. I like, think so no, Freddie. Freddie Lee's the guy that gets kicked in the face after Tung Pao at the end when Freddie he's like Lee? still balancing. Oh. Yeah, that's Freddie Lee. I, I don't know, but I also don't know enough to care. So, okie dokie. No, you're right. In prison though. I'm looking. I'm pretty sure I'm looking at the guy that you're talking about. So on on Kickboxer's IMDb page. It has him as Freddie Lee. It's a much younger photo from a different movie. Katting Lee? Katting Lee. But definitely because the guy that I thought that he's borrowing the money from is a very obese uh, man yes, who does not yes. look yes. like Katting Lee. So, yeah, you're right. No, that's uh, <laughs> Freddie Lee is. So, Freddie Lee answers to somebody else. And we never hear who this, uh, we never get a name for who this guy the is. The guy that he gets the million dollars from? Yeah. Yeah, I forget what he calls him, but he calls him like it was almost like a military term or like general, I think he calls him. Yeah. Or mm. or something like that, but some dude in a mansion kind of overseeing all the territories. But no, it's um so Dennis Alexio, uh Eric Sloan, Kurt Sloan, Kurt Eric. God, I don't know. Eric interchange. Kurt was Jean Claude. So the the brother? Yeah, yeah. He's in jail for he's in prison for tax fraud. Oh, that's what the, they get Wesley um, Snipes for. Yeah. So oh. he <laughs> in 2013, he and his wife were arrested and charged with 36 counts of filing false tax claims, wire fraud, and money laundering, and Oof. submitting false documents to try and gain, like to try and get gold, like actual gold ingot bars. Um, <laughs> Three years later, he was found guilty on 28 counts of that, and he began serving a 15-year prison sentence in 2017. So he's Damn. he's four years Jesus into a 15-year prison sentence right now. So that was very recently. Yeah. Damn. I like that. Well, uh, I'm certainly glad we didn't talk about this before he went to jail, because yeah. it would have been way less exciting of an episode. But I feel that... One thing I liked about Eric is that once he goes out to the jungle, nobody helps him move his wheelchair on these dirt paths. It's just sand. <laughs> he's like, hurry up and catch up. <laughs> <laughs> just all walk away and leave him all the time. And he's got like, you know, those shitty little plastic wheels that are just digging into the ground. Dr- dry sand has to be the worst surface to it to use a wheelchair in. It's yeah, especially just like a <laughs> regular wheelchair that you would roll on the street. It would be awful. Yeah. Okay, get this. Um, so this is a fun little IMDb thing for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you guys were talking, I dove deeper into Dennis Alexio because you said his name. Yeah. And he's known for three different movies. And one of these movies is Super Force. And he plays a character named Hollander. Those are the words. Plot, <laughs> uh, the plot, uh, yeah, the analysis for this movie is, or synopsis is, in the year 2020, an astronaut becomes a vigilante when he returns from a mission to learn his cop brother's been murdered. <laughs> this looks like a movie that happened. And <laughs> I'm kind of curious, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm trying to think am I? Vigilante. Oh, it's a TV show. Who was that astronaut who, oh, there was, who has a twin brother on Earth? Oh, oh uh, Mark Kelly. And Is that, that sounds, Mark that and sounds Scott right. Kelly. 
Yeah, Marcus Pat Kelly. And that's, I mean, it's 2020. It's if it's the time era. Like if one of them was a cop, and the other is an astronaut. I mean, I like the plot. This can still happen. This can can happen in real life. It's crazy. It's almost did it because one of them, uh, one of them is married to Gabby Giffords, who is that. She was a senator who like got shot in the head. If you guys remember that, like in Arizona, oh, yeah, shit. yeah, like the guy came up and shot her in the head, and she survived. But like, had they not I busted had no that idea. kid, maybe he would have come back from space and done that. It's all, it's all, man. It's real world. Time cop, time cop is real. And we're just <laughs> living in one of the alternate universes. I thought fun. you were going to bring up the astronaut lady that like wore a diaper and drove across the country to kidnap <laughs> the new girlfriend of her other astronaut ex-boyfriend. Do you remember that story? That, that's another no, time but that cop sounds like the plot timeline. of a movie. <laughs> that was a real thing that happened, though. She was like, NASA astronauts was a jealous <sighs> spurned ex-lover, wore a diaper so she didn't have to stop driving her car, kidnapped the lady astronaut. at the airport, like... Was trying to shove her in her trunk when people like intervened and were like, "What the fuck is going on?" I mean, Real if life. you're an astronaut, I feel like you're probably trained and pretty used to peeing in a diaper. Like, yeah, you're... that was the least weird part of the story. I feel <laughs> she was wearing. Like, you a all wig. think it's you all think it's strange, but this is normal to me. <laughs> it's all I know. Everybody's like, "Okay, lady, whatever you say." <laughs> Man, I don't even. I don't ever in my life want to pee in a diaper. That sounds awful. Mm. How would you feel to know that that's actual fetish, Sean? Real awful. Yeah. <laughs> kind of grossed out. What's the, opposite people... of, what's the opposite of horny? <laughs> <laughs> Celibate. Unhorny? For the rest of my life, e- even to my hand. <sighs> <That's nasty. laughs> Sean just did a shiver. Um, so I get Sean can't answer this question, but Phil, I feel you and I probably can. And I, it might be mm-hmm. pretty obvious, but I, I want to know. Uh, how does this stack up to you compared to Bloodsport? Do you do you have one that you prefer over the other? Oh, it's inferior. It's it's definitely a one B to Bloodsport's one A. I don't think it's aged. I think Bloodsport aged a lot better. Mm-hmm. This one has a lot more. I mean, Bloodsport, Bloodsport doesn't have like great acting or writing either, but I feel like it overcomes it a lot more. It does not have as much of the like bad racial stereotyping it doesn't have a dude in yellow face so it's got that going for it which is nice for sure it also but, doesn't have like a needless rape sub story right we that could have 1000 percent been thrown out didn't and need just... to be in the movie at all could have kidnapped the brother with enough motivation yeah because his motivation coming back let's be real was seeing his brother alive it wasn't like because he continued to kind of get his or was it like pretty much immediately after? I think, yeah, she tells him he figures yeah. it out and then he sees his brother. Yeah. So it just like didn't need to be there. Yeah. No, it's it's kind of a weird subplot that doesn't really go anywhere in the final moments. There's a TV version of this movie that doesn't even have that subplot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably better for it. Uh I'm 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 100% in your camp though Phil. I think Bloodsport is way better movie. It's way more enjoyable. It doesn't have all that needless stuff and it's got uh the biker guy who's a comedic relief like way better. Yeah, he kind of takes the the Winston Taylor role of the like mm-hmm. 
comedic, no-nonsense um, sidekick with a heart of gold, and I think does a much better job at it. Although I don't, I don't mind Winston Taylor. He's just yeah, I don't, I don't either. Not as the... good as uh, Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> I think the villain is better in Bloodsport too. I think Chong Li is great. Yeah, it's not as good as Chong Li. Chong Li is just terrifying. Chong Li. Bloodsport, is... I think, is the one that I've seen the most fight scene, like excerpts or gifs of, um, like prior to seeing this movie. Yeah. Like I've definitely seen either seen that movie or seen enough clips to be like, all right, I I know what you guys are talking about. I'm I'm a sucker for action movies and martial arts movies where there is a tournament involved. If I can watch the main character beat up a bunch of guys that have a bunch of different fighting styles, I love it. And and yes. that's kind of one of my yes. one of my um, qualms about kickboxer is we don't like he gets one under he gets one fight after he's been trained or and then he fights tong po chong li like yeah yeah, i mean how (laughs) how can we get them you know mixed up it's they're so different um but you know we get the drunken dancing fighting scene and then we get (laughs) we get the scene in the ring where he you know, the glass dipping the glass. That's a very iconic scene too, though. Like the yeah, that was pretty badass. It is really badass. <laughs> yeah, and that's part is spoofed in uh, what is it? Hot Shots Part Two. You guys ever seen that flick? I fucking love that. movie. I love Hot Shots Part Two, <laughs> and that's that's totally spoofed in that. Because mm. I feel like he dumps his in like jelly beans, and then like cookie crumbs, and then I think it's like mixed nuts. <laughs> like it, yeah, that's it's just great. makes an ice Flop. cream sunday. Ah, I love it. Yeah. They get, Cold, oh, they get the so Cold Stone Creamery is just like watching this going like, fuck, <laughs> fuck yeah, they're on to something. We could totally do that. No, for sure. I totally agree. It's, it's good, but Bloodsport's better. Growing up, I would have had Bloodsport 1 and Kickboxer 2 in my Van Damme pantheon. I need to watch, rewatch some other Van Damme movies because I feel like Kickboxer may have aged itself out of that number two spot and mm-hmm. double impact or hard target might be making a, a jump in there. Um, hard targets, a great one. It's um, gosh, who is the, who is, I forget the director. He's very, very well known for his uh, slow motion action scenes. John um, Woo. But Van- yes. Yes. It's, yeah. The one that did the one, I think. So Van Damme plays like a Louisiana dock worker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he gets hired by a woman whose homeless veteran <laughs> father goes missing, and it turns out there's a rich group of of people hunting veterans in Louisiana for sport, and Van Dam gets uh, gets brought into there. Gets and, all mixed uh, up in it. There's Wilford Brimley. There's um, CCH Pounder is, is in there. Is. Um, it's the breakdowns of these a hard target. <laughs> the breakdowns of these makes me feel like somebody just like listened all stoner movie September, <laughs> and after each episode, after they partook a little bit, they just sat down and wrote the synopsis of the most ridiculous movie that they can think of. Yeah, and somebody made a Jean Claude Van Damme movie about it. I hope like need- that or Steven Seagal. And they like pick the setting, or there's there's some sort of plot point. They're like, we need to explain away why Van Dam 
talks like Van Damme. So. <laughs> every time, every time. <laughs> what it? What is a Belgian accent if not a Louisiana French accent? Let's just go with that. <laughs> That's one of the things I love and respect about. I don't know why they never ever do that in a Schwarzenegger movie, even though he doesn't talk right either. They just blow past it. They don't ever acknowledge it. But I feel like, yeah, in every Jean-Claude Van Damme, there's some sort of excuse like, oh, no, I'm from Belgium, but I live in L.A. now. <laughs> At least they tried. Actually, now that you bring that up, it is really weird that Schwarzenegger's never, there's there's never an explanation for this backcountry's dude who's a firefighter <laughs> and trying to put out fires. Yeah. Probably in, I think it's collateral damage or something like that. I'll put it out. Like, <laughs> it's like, where did you come from? Don't, worry Don't be about a ass. Yeah, like I, I feel like that's a very American thing. Like if you see a six foot two, three hundred pound Austrian dude, someone is gonna be like, <laughs> "You sure do talk funny, fella. Where are you from?" <laughs> I've never point, that scene. Yeah. No. You're right. Oh, you're right. Man. Uh, except in like Red Heat, where the entire thing is that he is from another country. Except in Red Heat, they make him Russian. <laughs> because I mean, wh- you... <laughs> what is what is Austria if not the Russia of the West? That's true. You know, if you do know that if they made his backstory be from like Austria, it like us as Americans would go full on Dumb and Dumber and be like, oh yeah, shrimps <laughs> on the Barbies, let's go. <laughs> Mm. Well, there's that there's that whole like story of how Terminator he is dubbed in the German versions because his accent is oh, that's deemed, right. like it's essentially the, the southern accent of Germany. Is yeah, what Arnold Schwarzenegger is like we can't have we can't have an action hero who's like just like talks hick. like this, y'all. We're gonna we're gonna go kill ourselves some uh, some folks for John Connor. We're gonna kill him. He's we're gonna basic- kill his mom. He's basically a German hillbilly. Yes, basically. Arnold That's is. amazing. I mean, you get it from like he drives a Hummer. He likes the big vehicles. <laughs> Real into the military stuff. Like cigars. Oh, He's totally. Man. It makes so much sense. Dude, I am going to watch Jingle All the Way next week and have a completely different like Shit. mind frame on it. I think this. I'm going to watch it after I get done recording this and build a gingerbread house. I'm looking forward to it. Jingle All the Way? <laughs> it's either that or Christmas with the Cranks. We haven't decided which one yet. Both good calls. I like them I both. Love so, I love Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, they're garbage, but I love them both. It's great. Yeah. But before we get to that... Uh, Jingle all the way is better. I want to thank our buddy Phil for coming on and bringing back Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I think, you know, buddy, we got next year. We'll see what's going to knock uh, Kickboxer out of that number two spot, man. It's There's a lot of good choices on there. I'm curious uh, to see where we we'll end see. up by this time next year. Death Warrant is a good one. He goes mm-hmm. to He's a cop who goes to a Canadian prison that is <laughs> essentially run like a college campus. Um, there's, That's great, man. Um, Desert Strike, which is uh, a retelling of the uh, Kurosawa movie Yojimbo, but with Van Damme. You get a full-on ass shot of him uh, fucking mm. a girl in a hotel room there. Yes. Uh, there's nice. a lot. His ass or her ass? His ass. Come oh, on. yeah. He's no, not it's... showing the girl's ass. We're here for Jean-Claude, <laughs> I like, uh, did you ever shit. see the, the reboot of Universal Soldier that he did in, like, the early 2000s? 
No, that I like that a one. lot of different movies, though, didn't it? Yeah. Well, so he was in the first one, and then I think they did like four. I think Mario Van Peebles was in like two of them. Goldberg. Sure. Wasn't Goldberg, Goldberg was in Goldberg's in one of them. Of them. Yeah. But Goldberg, one. I don't think Goldberg comes in until after they bring Jean-Claude Van Damme back in the 2000s. I, I don't think so, because Goldberg, like, I was watching WCW back in the day, yeah. and Universal Soldier had a huge push for it because of, it was just constantly promoted on WCW. Well, but I think that's yeah. right. Because of Goldberg. And they went out of business in 2001. <laughs> really? Okay. So maybe it was the mid-90s. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Or late It was 90s. like late yeah, 90s. Yeah. Okay. They poured like all their money into Universal Soldier 4 <laughs> and went belly up. And it, it didn't work out for him. I'll be damned. <laughs> no, believe me, there is other reasons they went belly up. <laughs> but no, for real, Phil, uh, again, thanks for coming on, man. I love it every time you come on and hang out with us. It is it's, a pleasure. It, Thank you. I, I can talk Van Damme all day, every day. I appreciate this. No. 1999. We love it. Uh, I love that action movie December is now a thing, and we have a reason to have you on every year, even if we don't get you on for Stoner Movie September. But I bet mm. you get on next year because you make your wife down download Facebook to give her all I need is All I need is two votes. Two That's votes all and I need for, three, for three months. <laughs> uh, well, shit, yeah, man. Uh, I guess until we see you again, buddy. Uh, we'll see you next time. Hell yeah. Is this where I tell people to go fuck themselves? Yes! I think so. Yeah. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) 